You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. What is it to climb as a pharmacy owner? CLIMB stands for Care, Lead, Innovate, Motivate, and Balance. Join Retail Management Solutions each month for a brand new webinar with interesting discussions on new pharmacist roles, pharmacy industry experts, and business innovators to give you insight on important pharmacy trends and the best way to grow your bottom line. The CLIMB webinar series is produced exclusively for pharmacies and provides tools that any pharmacy can use to reach and even exceed profitability and customer centricity goals. Let's listen in to the latest Climb podcast episode with Brad Jones, CEO of RMS. Welcome everyone to the Climb podcast. This month, we're talking about cash flow with two pharmacy industry experts. This is a topic that resonates with almost all business owners, and it's something we need to always keep tabs on. Joining me first today is Craig Robinson from Cortland Data. Many of our listeners might recognize him from his years working in the pharmacy industry and Cortland Data's solution, RX Cherry Pick. I've known Craig for over 15 years, so it's my pleasure to welcome Craig Robinson to the Climb Podcast. Thank you very much, Brad. I'm very happy to be on your show. Yeah, so you and I are going to talk about something that is near and dear to every business owner's heart, cash flow. Um, you know, I think we both know and all of you listening know that cash flow uh, can be it's, it can be the destruction of any business. Uh, it is a serious issue in the independent pharmacy world. And uh, so that's what we want to talk about, ways to improve that. Now, you and I have talked quite a bit over the years. We've known each other for a long time. And uh, you talk really, when you're talking about cash flow, you talk about two different philosophies. Share, please. Yes. Um, currently, the majority of pharmacies are, um, they're, they're in a stress situation. And there is the rebate philosophy. And then there is um, what, what we, the environment we work in, which is the non-rebate philosophy. And that lends itself more to transparency. Um, and having those two, at least now as an independent pharmacist, there's a choice now that you can make, you know, and, and unfortunately the definition of rebates is, is the opposite of cash flow because the money's coming from somebody else's bank account, a, a transparent, uh, cash flow model means that money always resides in your bank account. That's the simplest way to look at it. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and the other thing about rebate is it's in the future. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of the antithesis of cash flow. <laughs> it, no, it, right? it is, you, 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 Brad, you're a hundred percent, you know, on target on that is, is the very term rebate would mean that you can't have cash flow because that's somebody else's cash flow. Um, and we're talking fairly large numbers. So um, cash is king. Having that money in your bank account allows you to survive, um, you know, the worst day in, in a pharmacist owner's life. And it usually happens once or twice a month is they have payroll is due. Um, they're on two-week terms, so now their bill is due, and all of a sudden, PBM hits them with a DIR fee 
and it's all hitting on the same day. And now they have to go to the bank for a short-term bridge loan. And we all know that those banks don't give that money away. So right. that com comes out of your direct, uh, directly out of your gross profit. So it, it allows you to build up enough reserve in your bank account so that you can take these bumps and it's not costing you two, three, four, five percent of gross margin in your overall business. Yeah, I mean, that, and that ends up being huge. And just the stress yes. of this situation is distracting. Um, it takes away for your focus on patient care, yes. on you know, on running the business. Uh, I think every business owner. I remember the early days, 22 years ago, you know, when was starting RMS, and you, you've probably experienced it in in your business as well, where, you know, cash flow is like, okay, <laughs> I'm dialing for dollars today. Where am I gonna Where am I gonna find the money? Yeah. Um, and and there is really uh, that is when you when you read about stress that we go through in yeah. life, that is one of the top stressors there is in the world, financial stress. And so, uh, you know, to, to, to know that independent pharmacies and businesses are going through this on a regular basis and for many people out there uh, multiple times uh, a month, yep. um, that's, that's, really, uh, that's a really draining experience. Yep. Well, when you so, talk, when you talk about stress, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I talk to an independent um, pharmacy owner and he discusses how, you know, they, the, the biggest change for them is they can sleep at night. I mean, you know, it, 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 it breaks your heart. You can hear the stress in their voice. And independent pharmacists are so dedicated to their community that many of them will go and, and refinance their home to keep the business going to, to take care of their community. And, Brad, you and I both are here to to help those people so that they can take care of these communities so that you don't have people, you don't have Aunt M jumping in the car and she's 90 years old and she's driving 80 miles each way to get her prescription. Uh, it, it, you yeah. know, it, it, we're facing unusual times here. No, absolutely. Well, and you know, um, we, we hear so much of a focus on profit and profitability, and, and which obviously you have to have. <laughs> if you're not profitable, that's a whole other problem, and, and, and you're definitely not going to have cash flow. But you can, you can be profitable and still have a cash flow problem, and that's, I think, something that isn't talked about in pharmacy school, isn't talked about a lot in even business school. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so people sometimes forget about that component of, of things until it hits and it hits hard. Um, so let's talk about that second philosophy. All right. The, and here's the second philosophy is this, is, is we, we hear a lot, you and I have gone to many of the same conventions where everybody's talking and you hear it constantly of, I would like to see transparency. Why can't I see transparency? Well, as you, you so astutely said early on in, in, in this show is that transparency is taken away with rebates. Um, 
There are things called, uh, you know, with with prime vendor agreements, you know, they, they there's a reason why they're 52 pages long, and and they have very complicated matrix these kind of things of what you qualify, what you don't qualify, and sometimes they're contradictory. Um, and so you can never know, given in a given month, what you're going to get back and what you qualify for, and it's on purpose that way so that you don't know. Um, our philosophy is this, step away from the rebate. Okay, don't just go, what I'm gonna go with is my invoice price, what I'm invoiced at, okay? The instant that you say, I'm going to go what is on paper and what I am billed at, then you have transparency because at that moment, you know exactly what you're paying, okay? That's the big separation. There's no mystery at all involved in that. And gee, that seems so simple. Um, <laughs> so logical. <laughs> you know, it, well, it, it actually is, but it's very hard to do because, you know, um, Brad, when, when you were working, you know, at your father's pharmacy, um, they were, you know, back in the day, rebates were good because there's so much competition for your business. So you get this extra rebate and plus, you know, there was all sorts of things where pharmacies were very profitable. So you were carrying your cash flow far enough that you could absorb those. Um, now it isn't that way and you don't have the cash flow. So now you have to be very careful about that. And what you had said before, you can be profitable, but not have cash flow. Um, that is true. You technically, you know, you could be profitable on paper, but you actually never see it. Um, I would say that that you probably, with your, with the cash flow situation, what people have to be mindful of, and I, and I hear I talk about this quite a bit when someone calls me up, is they say, well, I don't really have a cash flow problem. What I really am interested in is savings. You need to identify the difference between cash flow and liquidity. You might have gotten a loan and you're flush. You have liquidity, you're paying your bills. That is not cash flow. Cash flow, you could have a negative cash flow situation, which means over time you're burning down your liquidity and then you don't have liquidity until it's gone. You know, so, you know, these are kind of heavy accounting things but like you said once you sort of step back from it it is very straightforward and simple so your partner at Corland data you guys uh your product is rx cherry pick we're not here to plug rx cherry pick but it's impossible to have the conversation about how this can be transparent without talking about the service that you offer yeah um and uh, again, just to get people to understand how this actually works uh, and, and why this is transparent, why this is different from the, the model that the vast majority of independent pharmacies are, are under the rebate model and, yeah. and have never and don't feel like there's a, another choice out there. Yeah. So take, take a moment to explain that philosophy further in and, and then how it's actually you know, how you actually pull this off. Yes. 
And as you know, Brad, there's I can't go into too much detail because um, there, there is a certain amount of pressure on us. <laughs> um, is is. It, it is having, first of all, our service is 100% free to independent pharmacies. So, um, and um, it has a powerful impact. Um, if you're paying, uh, if you're on two week terms, um, I'm gonna give you the secret formula, Brad. This is the first time <laughs> out there. And, and this is a gross underestimate. <laughs> You can figure out how much cash flow that can be generated for you by going to a, a non-rebate model. Take your daily prescriptions, the number of prescriptions you write each day, that average, and multiply it times $1,000. So if you do 200 prescriptions a day, I didn't go to Wharton, and I know Brad didn't go to Wharton, but it's $200,000. And that will occur within the first six, eight, 10 weeks. If you're on, on daily terms, it happens. It starts building the next day, okay? So really our service is what you do is you build your order on RX Cherry Pick. And then we look at it as a basket. What gives you best terms? What, you know, um, the, we don't have, you know, we're, we're familiar with the other platforms that are pricing platforms and they take all comers, you know, of, of uh, you know, any manufacturer, blah, 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 any wholesaler. We really put a lot of pressure on our top wholesalers to deliver and give us exclusive deals. And, and that allows you then to start creating the alternate model to a rebate model is just let's keep the money in your bank account so that uh, your bank is happy with you and uh, your accountant is really happy with you. So let's back up for a second because people are gonna, I mean, I would be going, uh, okay, you told me to take the number of prescriptions, multiply it by a thousand, that's 200,000, gonna see that in two weeks. That sounds too good to be true. And uh, where did that number come from? Yeah, um, now that, so let's you are explain. really good at this. You know, you <laughs> ask good questions. Where does that number come from? And it's not two weeks, it's 10 weeks, um, eight okay. to 10 weeks. Okay, two weeks. I know you, Brad, you always push the envelope. I'm misquoted. <laughs> I so, heard what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was two weeks. Um, so so the, where that, that money has always existed. It, it exists in the system. All we're doing is saying that $200,000 now, because it is no longer built in as a rebate, exists in your bank account. And in this aspect, which I, which I say is grossly underestimated because we're not even factoring in the savings, is, is really a, a, a element of terms. The longer terms you have, we can we can help you smooth out your payments so you don't have these big bubble payments that you got to make, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it 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 is true that it is a you know a, a factor of of um, the money exists. That's how much money is being taken away from you, just on the terms. 
that's all. And, you know, and, and so just to follow up on that, so and the number you're using, this is just from the experience of your existing, uh, your existing clients. Is that, yeah. is that, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, you know, that takes me to, uh, that takes me to what's going to happen next month. Next month, you're going to be back. But next month, we're going to bring a couple of your pharmacies that, and pharmacy owners that have experienced this and been on both sides, yep. and they're going to be talking about how, the impact that it had on their business and how this has worked out for them. Yes. Um, so that's a really exciting. So for all of you that are listening to this um, today, we wanted to give you you know a little bit of a of a feel for what we're talking about. Um, give you some time to think about that, and then next month, you're going to your peers who have experienced this um, uh, are going to be here to uh, share their stories. Well, Craig, do you have anything that you want to wrap up with? Any final comments? No, I, you know, I think we're good. I'm, I'm very happy that we're going to have a couple of more of these chats. I think Brad, as you um, reach out to, you know, your viewers, um, I look forward to answering any questions, that kind of a thing. We, we still have a couple of, subjects we need to cover in the future, savings, and also working capital. And uh, I look very much uh, to very forward to work doing this again with you, Brad. Yeah, and it's absolutely right. You know, that's the, the next, we're going to do this next one with a couple of your customers, and then we're just going to continue this series because this is the stuff that I, I it doesn't get taught to, to business owners. It doesn't get taught, it doesn't get taught in pharmacy school. Um, and quite frankly, um, you know, I have an MBA. It wasn't from Wharton, as you really nicely pointed out to everybody. Um, uh, Texas Tech, <laughs> go Red Raiders. Um, <laughs> well, at least your, your your college had a cool name, not Gophers. <laughs> go Minnesota. Um, but uh, but yeah, that it's exciting because these are these are things that are real. And they're really they're very very important to to running a successful business, and uh, and I think that you know that's what we're trying to do is help. Yes, and, so. and Brad, I think I think you're doing a great service. On I've watched a number of of your podcasts, and your concern for the independent pharmacists and having the independent pharmacists survive, and the community it sense. They are under tremendous pressure, and without the efforts that you're doing, um, you know, it, it just uh, what you're doing is so important. Well, I appreciate the kind words, and of course, I feel the same with what you're doing. And you know, there are, there are a bunch of us out there that are really passionate and trying to trying to help. And, uh, you know, and so we're trying to bring a lot of those people on as well. But thank you for the kind words. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to having you back next month. Very good. Brad, thanks a bunch. With NutriButler by RMS, serve your patient's health on a silver platter. Help improve patient outcomes, integrate therapy recommendations, increase your supplement sales, and create happy, healthy, loyal customers. Dr. Lisa Faust. Many of you have seen Lisa talk at other conferences over the years. Um, we're privileged to have her here today. Dr. Faust is an innovator, experienced business executive, and leader in the independent pharmacy industry. With over 20 years of experience as a pharmacy owner, consultant, compounder, and businesswoman, she brings a unique perspective to the industry's problems.
Her passion is helping independent pharmacy owners thrive by focusing on diversifying and then growing revenue streams. She is currently the CEO at Diversify Rx and a consulting and education company. In a moment, Lisa will be on, and then after she's finished with her presentation, I'm going to come back and ask her a couple questions. So without further ado, Dr. Lisa Faust. Thank you, Brad. I'm very excited to be here today talking about cash flow with pharmacies. I am a big believer that all success in pharmacy starts with cash flow because so many of the amazing new revenue streams and ways to increase profit in your pharmacy require some startup costs and you can't pay for those startup costs unless you have good positive cash flow. So in today's session, we're going to be going through my five quick tips for cash flow for pharmacies. Now I know Craig is talking about some other strategies to improve cash flow and these ones are really more from the financial side and they can give you some quick wins on the cash flow as well. So first off is decrease your inventory. In most independent pharmacies, the inventory is the biggest suck of cash in the entire business. If you can just imagine looking at all of your pharmacy shelves, all of those bottles are little stacks of cash that are sitting there. And so the best way is decrease your inventory. Now, there's an entire strategy for improving your inventory, but some quick things that you can do right away, my number one tip, is before you send your order each night, look at your PMS system, your pharmacy management system, and see what your cost of goods sold were for the day. Now when you place your order, your order should be less than or equal to those cost of goods sold. Um, if it's less than your cost of goods sold, then technically you're decreasing your inventory whenever you get in that order. Now, if your order is higher than your cost of goods, then you are increasing your inventory, which is taking cash. And so when you're actively trying to decrease your inventory, you can even set goals of setting your daily ordering limit at 10 or 15% below your daily cost of goods. And this will over time decrease your inventory by about 10 to 15%. Um, now there might be days and times whenever it exceeds your cost of goods, if you have a particularly expensive drug or you're reordering a big um, batch for maybe your machine or something like that. But really on a daily habit, check that daily cost of goods and make sure that your pharmacist or technicians that are sending the order are placing that below that level. So tip number two is to decrease your payroll. Second only to your inventory, payroll is the biggest area in a pharmacy where your cash goes. Now ideally you want your ratio between your payroll cost and your revenue to be less than 13% and that's your payroll ratio. Uh, you should get that number from your bookkeeper or your accountant on a monthly basis really. And as you know, things in pharmacy and revenue has decreased, business has slowed. One area that pharmacies have not been keeping up on is also adjusting their payroll to their new revenue numbers. And I understand that this gets very emotional. When you're talking about payroll, you're talking about people's livelihood, people that really become your family, your employees. Um, but there are some ways that you can decrease your payroll without draconian cuts or having to just fire people. Now, there may be some people you need to fire, but that's a whole other conversation. So let's get started with how you make some cuts. Um, ideally, you would rotate it through your staff so not any one person is affected. 
needed and really just decreasing by an hour or two hours a day per each one employee uh, rotating through every day of the week can actually come up to significant savings at the end of the month. It can mean thousands of dollars in savings. Uh, another great tip is it is summertime right now and to ask employees if they would like some additional days off without pay. Um, some may not, but you might be surprised by how many might be willing to take a half a day off, um, even a couple hours, an extended lunch period uh, to get some other personal matters done. And that can be a big help to them and it's a big help to you and your bottom line. So when you're looking at payroll, you can certainly cut entire positions, but if you want to keep everybody on your staff, look at ways to spread out those cuts rotate them through employees so that not any one employee is taking the brunt of the cuts and it can still result in significant savings to you. Now, quick cash flow tip number three is to decrease your expenses. Um, certainly inventory and payroll are part of expenses, but there's a whole other bucket of operational expenses. You know, when is the last time that you've gone through your profit and loss statement and really looked at every line? Really see is that something you need to continue to do. It might be something you want to do. You know, maybe it's sponsoring a local team um, or some other community-based thing. But if you're having cash flow issues, is that something that needs to stay in your expense column right now? Um, don't forget to shop out your cost of your operations. One of my favorite tips is probably also one of my least sexiest, which is to save on your ink and toner. I know through my business, Diversifier X, we've created a great partnership with PSA, and we were able to decrease the cost of our ink and toner in our pharmacies by, by half. We were overpaying for our ink and toner, and pharmacies print a lot. And if you have been doing COVID vaccines, uh, you've been printing extra a lot lately with all of the paperwork required for that. And so look at every single line item cost and ask yourself, when's the last time that I've looked for a better or lower cost. Sometimes it's from the same company, sometimes it means switching companies, but no expense is too little to an examine. Um, little increases add up, which means extra money in your pocket at the end of each and every month. And when you save on something, you generally are continuing to save it um, for the rest of the time. So it's not just a one-time benefit, it's an ongoing benefit. Now switching it up a little bit, my fourth tip is to be due date smart. When you are having tight cash flow, the last thing you want to do is pay your bills early. And so here's what I mean by that. If you have a bill that's due on the 1st, you may not get a late payment until the 10th or the 15th. That amount of time in between your when it's due and when it's late is considered your grace period. So you can pay that bill on the 1st and everything's fine, it's paid in full. And if you don't incur a late payment until the 15th, you could also pay that bill on the 14th and everything's fine and there's no harm. And so you want to look at each one of your bills and understand the difference between the due date and the late date. Those extra few days, even if it's five days, can make a big difference to your cash flow in your pharmacy. So go through and examine each one of those and whether you use auto pay, if you manually write checks, however you pay your bills, you can adjust uh, when you do that to align with the late payment date instead of when the payment is first due. That will buy you some extra days which will loosen up your cash flow greatly. 
And last but not least, my fifth quick tip is to leverage credit cards. Now, leveraging credit cards can get a little emotional and people can, can get riled up. Now, only do this method if you have the discipline to pay off your credit cards each month. This is not using credit cards as a loan because that is a terrible idea. What this does, if we go back to our due date smart, if you have a bill that's due on the 1st and it's late on the 15th, if you pay it on the 14th with your credit card, well, guess what? That credit card bill isn't probably due for another two or three weeks after you pay that. So now instead of just buying 14 extra days to pay it, you've actually bought yourself maybe an extra month. And so that can really help loosen up your cash flow. But again, you must pay your credit cards off uh, when they come due in order for this to be a viable solution for you. So again, it's about leveraging your cash flow. Sometimes cash flow can be tight because your profit is low, uh, your expenses are way too high. It could also just be uh, the timing of when you receive your cash from your, your insurances and when you're having to pay your bills. And so there's many other strategies that I have for you. Um, I'll, I'll say strategy six through 14. Um, I have an entire blog post that I've written about the 14 strategies to improving cash flow, which tackles a lot of other issues. You can get the full 14 tips by going to my website, diversifyrxblog.com forward slash cash hyphen flow. And you can get the full, you can download the infographic and get all of those tips to help improve your cash flow beyond just these first five that I've given you. Now, these first five are typically the ones that have the biggest impact for most pharmacies. Um, the payroll, the inventory, the expenses, um, the due dates, all of those types of things tend to have the biggest impact. So if you're going to start somewhere, start with these five, and then you can move on to some of the more advanced tips in the rest of the 6 through 14. Thank you so much, Lisa, for that wonderful presentation and for joining us on the Climb podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that was a, a super presentation. And, you know, uh, when we were talking about this before your presentation, just talking about the concept of uh, cash flow, I think, you know, you've experienced it in your pharmacy. You share with me, you're, you're currently experiencing it in a short term, uh, certainly at RMS, you know, any, I think every business has experienced it from time to time. And, uh, and that was one of the things you and I were talking about is there's also a very big difference between short term, where it's just a cash crunch right this moment, which I think virtually every business experiences. And then there's also those people that are experiencing that long term. And, and how you deal with that, I think, is a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I'm very much in the middle of a cash crunch right now within our pharmacy. It's, it's a short term, but it doesn't make it any less painful. You know, there were some circumstances beyond our control, like getting broken into and having, you know, $40,000 of checks stolen um, and other things that are in our control, like deciding to start a compounding lab and spending, you know, $20,000 on that. And so, um, but even though it's, I know it's short term, it's still very, very painful and it wears on you both, you know, physically and mentally knowing that you have this cash crunch. And so, you know, the tips that I gave are, are really good in those circumstances, but they also are good habits so that you don't hopefully fall into that long-term cash flow kind of suppression, um, because that certainly is no fun to, to live there constantly. 
Yeah, yeah, I I call that dialing dialing for dollars uh, <laughs> when you're in that situation, right? It's just brutal, and 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 it's very distracting because it takes away from what you should be doing. The core it is. of what no, you it, no, it, it, you're spot on. I've spent so many hours manipulating money and doing this that. Are, are, I could have spent doing on much more valuable things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as you were talking about some of these these things, as I was listening to the presentation, I jotted down some some things, uh, some ideas, and things I've seen our pharmacies do over the years, and uh, you know, using some of the tools that we have available, and and uh, the one of the ones that came to mind right away, uh, because I've seen it for so many years, and being in so many different pharmacies across the you know the country, it's one of the things I look at when I'm when I'm doing uh, evaluations of how pharmacies are you know running things uh, is uh, there's thousands and thousands of dollars tied up in inventory in the will call bin. And uh, that's another opportunity, you know, to, to, uh, to help reduce that inventory because I mean, as we well know, there's there can be thousands and tens of thousands of dollars tied up. Yeah. It's, it's um, actually often about 10% of the inventory can be in your will call. Yeah. So, you know, uh, good will call management is really imperative. We just we just released and went to general release a new will call management uh, application that's part of our system. Uh, and in that we have the ability to use set the number of days that, that you want before you get alerted. And then it shows you everything that's been in, is in will call for more than whatever number of days that is, five days, seven days, whatever that magic number is for you. Um, and uh, it allows you to go back, grab all that out and, and return it to stock. So, um, and of course, and then you, if you have a large front end, of course, the front end typically uh, in today's days where a lot of pharmacies are more of an apothecary in nature, you know, the, the front end inventory doesn't amount to a tremendous amount of money, but there's still plenty of large front end pharmacies and, and inventory management there on the front end is also imperative because you, you have a lot of product that sits there and has no, you know, it's just taking up space. Yep. It's not selling. Uh, and, on the shelf. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And you didn't, you need to get it out of your pharmacy and replace it with something that will sell. And, and even in a small apothecary, you know, I, I will argue to my death <laughs> that you still need to do the same thing. There is no reason to have dead inventory sitting on shelves. It, even no, if it's, it's, go ahead. Well, it's, it's dollar bills collecting dust. I mean, unless you're, you know, Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates, you know, none of us can afford to have dollar bills collecting dust. So you always yeah. need to be optimizing every bit of your, of your inventory, whether it's over the counter or prescription. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, and then when you were talking about uh, some of the decreasing expense stuff, I thought this was pretty ingenious. We have, uh, you know, I know there are a lot of pharmacies, virtually every independent pharmacy that we sell to uh, still is doing accounts receivable for their for their patients. And uh, some of them have gotten to the point where they're not doing it. They're not taking new accounts on. Um, uh, but if you're having cash flow problems, you know, this is a this can be a huge area that that is impacting you because you're 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 selling it, but you're not collecting it for 
30 or oftentimes a lot more than 30 days. Yeah. Um, and I th and I thought that this was a pretty uh, interesting concept that we saw. I've seen a few of our pharmacies do that have large AR uh, balances is that they actually set their, their patients up or their customers up into different groups. And then instead of just sending out closing the period uh, all at the end of the month and then sending statements all at once, they do it group by group by group. So I think the most common I've seen is doing it two groups and then sending out twice a month. But I've also seen pharmacies that are doing it uh, every week. So they have four groups and they just every every week a different, you know, different group gets sent out and that helps balance out the cash flow. So I thought that was an interesting, interesting concept. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. Um, I think it's really great to always ask your patients when when's your best due date? <laughs> you know, just like yeah. we talked about having being due date smart, help your patients be due date smart. Because if you send out, you know, your bill on the fifth of the month, but they're not paid till the 25th, you know, you're just kind of asking for everybody to have angst. And so if you can accommodate that, it might actually increase the amounts that you're paid and the quickness that you're paid. And you, again, closing that gap between the pay cycles amongst all of your patients can actually help increase your cash flow. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then and then let's talk charity, because this one, um, you know, I, I thought when I was listening to that, I, I was like, that's even a that's in, when you're in a cash crunch, of course, especially if it's just a short term and, you and, and, you know, that's a that may be the situation you just go, I just can't do it right now. Um, but it's also always a hard sell because these these local these pharmacies are all local. They're all you know really into their communities, um, and so I there had a, a whole bunch of different ideas here. Um, the things that I know some of our pharmacies are doing with our system. Uh, one of them is uh, if you're doing loyalty, uh, if you have a loyalty program, then go ahead and ask. You can set up a charitable. Uh, giving to your loyalty program. So in other words, if maybe you're, you're giving to the local, the high school band uh, and they, they buy, you know, they come in from time to time to buy supplies or whatever that you can have uh, people donate their loyalty points to the, to the band's loyalty, uh, you know, loyalty program, uh, things like that. So that's one way to, to do it. And also maybe then you can give, you know, a, a bonus or something onto that. Another, another one is a checkout charity, which I think a lot of people have seen, especially in the chains where they ask for your change. Grocery stores do this a lot. Yes. Um, where they ask for your change or, you know, donation to a cause. And, and, uh, you know, our system does that as well. And, and we have a lot of customers using that. Uh, and it really helps you, it helps, um, you can still give. I'm not sure that all of those, those places that are, that are collecting or are, are giving themselves. Um, but it's a really a great way to, uh, enhance what you've been giving, uh, by collecting from your patrons and having them help, uh, give to that same cause. Um, and if you can't afford maybe the, whatever at the time you can't afford another idea that, uh, I've seen pharmacies do. And it's something I know you, we, when we talked about this, you're, you, uh, uh, you, you have your pharmacy do, uh, and I know we do here is, uh, is allowing our employees to donate their time and paying for it. Um, so, uh, so anyway, those were some just some ideas that came to mind. No, I, yeah, I, I really love the fact that you guys have the feature of the donation at the register because what what it allows a pharmacy to do is even if they're not using the pharmacy's cash, they're using the pharmacy's influence. Uh, you know, the the fact that they've got so many foot traffic coming in and that the way they're positioned in the community, 
to collect those donations on behalf of the charity. And I'm a, I'm a big charity buff myself. I've done a lot of charity work personally and through my businesses. And so even if you can't donate your cash, there's still things that you can always do. And even just using that clout of hundreds of patients walking through your doors each week and collecting, you know, 50 cents here, 10 cents there, a dollar here, and collecting that on behalf of the charity, you're still doing work for that charity, but you're not negatively impacting your cash flow, which, you know, is, is important when you're having those crunch. I mean, you got to keep your doors open. You got to meet your, your obligations, but you also want to continue to meet your community obligations as well. Absolutely. And, and that's the good, that's a great point. You are doing work for that charity. Um, yep. I mean, you're taking the time to do this, you're collecting the money and, and uh, um, so absolutely. And then of course, you know, backing up to just d donating your time because uh, time is the great equalizer. You know, we all only have 24 hours in a day. And so it doesn't matter how much money you have when you donate your time, you're really saying you're making a strong statement and, and doing that uh, is, is oftentimes at least as appreciated as the money uh because people are, every organization is looking for volunteers all the time. And uh, so just another, just another way of going about it, I think. Yep, absolutely. I think the important thing of all of this is if you're in a cash flow crunch, the best course of action is not putting your head in the sand. <laughs> Take yeah. some action. There are many steps, many strategies. Um, different things that you can do. So take action. You can get yourself out of it. Sometimes it's a little quicker than others, but reach out for help. You know, even companies like yours, people may not think, oh, I need to reach out to and ask RMS, but man, we all are businesses. We all have experience and get as much input as you can so you can make the best decision for your pharmacy going forward. Absolutely. Uh, I, and I think you're absolutely right. The, the, the places that I find that aren't very helpful at all are our banks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> and right? your wholesaler. They're not very and you're, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Banks, they only want to give you money when you don't need it. Uh, they're really happy to do that. Um, so yeah, when you're in a cash crunch, uh, they're not the, yeah, there, there are many other places to try to look before that. And, and, and I hear the same thing, uh, from our customers about the wholesalers. So, yeah. um, well, Lisa, I want to thank you again for joining us and being a part of this month's climb podcast. Look forward to having you back on climb and yes, uh, look forward you. to continue to work with you.